that (laughs) i felt like i had a lot of things to say about this movie but it's mostly just going to be how terrible it is also what are the chances that we do two of the worst movies back to back uh well like i legitimately think that this movie and Return to House on Haunted Hill are the two worst movies we've ever talked about on this podcast. I would agree. Uh, But you're the one that picked them, so. I picked them because (laughs) they were bad. And also, this kicks off our February love month. Well, no. Our recording kicks it off. Yeah. But now we're switching the order. So So you're already in February love month. Yes. I need to mentally remember (laughs) that because I know that I'm going to screw that up at some point. I'm going to just say this up front, that if we did things correctly, you should have listened to an episode on Valentine's Day next week. Last week. Last week. Oh my gosh, I'm already starting. (laughs) Welcome to Bad Movie Date Night, the podcast in which we take a serious look at bad films and genre films and hopefully give them the credit they deserve. I'm Nigel from ajourneyintofilm.com and with me is my wonderful wife, Caitlin. Hey, hey. And this week, we are talking about the career-ending 2008 film, The Love Guru, starring Mike Myers. wasn't really a career-ending movie for him. I mean, he's been in stuff recently, but um, this was a bad movie. It was. It, that's to say the least. I... Uh, I... I I've been trying very, very, very hard to not say that a movie was bad when I'm talking to friends, when I'm recording this podcast, when I'm talking to you. But this movie was unpleasant to watch. Yeah. It was a stinker. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was nothing inspiring about it. From the way it was shot. Actually, that's not true. There is one part of this movie that I like, and we will talk about it. Uh, but I don't I don't even know where to begin with this movie. Well, I, I have some questions for you about the background of this movie. Alright, I will do my best to answer them. Because I I agree with you. I didn't want to say this movie was Bad, you know, that certainly wasn't my intention with this podcast, but I guess, like, was the production to blame here? 
Like, was something going on behind the scenes that made this movie? Because I actually think it actually has a good premise. Like, it sounds like it could be a good movie, but then they didn't deliver. I mean, if you reduce the premise to, like, the bare bones of, like, hockey player leaves his wife and starts playing terribly and they hire uh, someone to help him get over his issues. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that is an interesting premise right. for a movie. Right. And I think it could be an interesting premise for a rom-com. Mm-hmm. But then when that someone who's meant to help the hockey player turns into a white guy raised in India who became a guru that complicates things. I don't know. It still could have been like good. Like it still could have been like, Oh, this lady hired some guru to fix things to help her star hockey player. Yeah. I'm not saying it's going to win the Academy Awards. I'm just saying it could have been a good comedy. It, uh, yeah, I, there is some form of this premise that works. Mm -hmm. I think when you get, I think it starts to get messy when, like I said, it's a white guy from India and his problem is simultaneously that he wants to love women, but he doesn't love himself, but he wants to be on Oprah, (laughs) which I I mean, I guess there's like a little bit to pick apart there. I I don't know. (laughs) So I feel like that's where it starts to get a little messy. Uh Uh-huh. And surprisingly, I didn't really think that this was like, like it weirdly felt offensive, but now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know if there's anything in it that was legitimately like offensive towards, I mean, obviously like it's a white guy pretending to be from From India, India, but his character was a white guy who was abandoned in India. So I guess like it kind of makes sense. And it's not like he said Indians are stupid. Right. Well, I mean, just in today's society, people will be mad because you took a part from some Indian actor who could have played that role. Right. But it's Mike Myers and his whole thing is that he plays characters from all over the world. Probably why he's not popular anymore. Uh, Yeah. He's like slowly coming back. I think he has a TV show coming out from what I saw and word on the street is they're going to do an Austin Powers four because that is something we've all been asking for. (laughs) Well, I've never seen the first one, so I know it on as soon as we finished watching the movie last night, I kind of thought maybe we should watch Austin Powers because like the first one, Mm Genuinely decent movie. Okay. The quality significantly declines with two and three because it's like they think that the joke can continue to work in these different scenarios. And as if Mike Myers plays more characters, like then it'll make it more better. Mm-hmm. But it does not. I could see that just from watching this movie. Yeah. <laughs> So, I think... So, basically, the production wasn't at to fault 
it the idea just kind of like was never great. Yeah, I okay. think the idea was never great, and I think I think Mike Myers' style of comedy worked in a specific time and place, mm-hmm. and it it needs to be reined in mm-hmm. on its own. Okay. Like, because, like, Wayne's World, loved by people. I think people loved the sequel, and then Austin Powers came out after that. So he, like, he really peaked around that era when those movies were coming out, which would have been, um, you know, like, the 90s. Okay. Maybe late 80s for Wayne's World. But, and then it, he works for Shrek. So Shrek was, like, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um. But once you start to move out of that, it just becomes bad. <laughs> yeah. This movie made me question whether or not Mike Myers was ever funny. Yeah. And that's coming from someone who has fond memories of watching The Cat in the Hat. The movie that ruined live action Dr. Seuss boobies is mike myers the cat he's the cat i didn't realize that and okay. uh theodore geisel dr seuss his wife saw that and was so offended by some of the jokes that he added that she kind of put the kibosh on live action yeah i mean mike's myers doesn't have a family friendly sense of humor i would say it's strange because his humor is very childish. Yeah. But it's not family friendly. No. <laughs> no. His his style of humor is almost made for teenage like, boys. Teenage boys and college dropouts. Yeah. Like uh the farting in a coffee cup scene. Yeah, that scene did not play out the way that I thought it was going to. <laughs> it went on way too long. So long. <laughs> way too long. Um, There was just in his little like how he points out things that he says that are funny or like puns. Mm-hmm. And that that got annoying. Yeah, I I distinctly remember not laughing one time during this whole movie. Not even a snicker. Here's the thing. I did want to snicker when Justin Timberlake was on screen. <laughs> and actually, at one point, Stephen Colbert said something that I thought was really funny, which is interesting because, fun fact, Stephen Colbert and Jim Gaffigan had to improvise like the entirety of their scenes because... This movie came out when the writer's strike was occurring. Oh, wow. Which I thought was interesting. I think Jim Gaffigan is funny, so I thought he did fine in this movie. I thought that Jim Gaffigan and Stephen Colbert played well off of each other. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. And Justin Timberlake just is like a shining star of comedy (laughs) for some reason in everything that he is. Like, I just... I didn't... I do think he's funny, but I didn't think he was great in this movie. Is this the worst character that he's ever done? (laughs) Easily. But does he do it really well? Yes. I did like when he was singing Celine Dion, though. That was my 
that and when he saw Celine Dion, <laughs> that was two of my favorite parts. That was pretty good. Um, but the whole appendage joke with him mm-hmm. kind of got boring after a while. And yeah. I'm kind of disappointed that they didn't do some kind of reference to Boogie Nights in there because I feel like that's what they <laughs> they would have done. Uh, you know what other joke? Okay, so actually, here's a really good example of uh, of why these the jokes in this movie do not land. Okay, when he when Mike Myers, the guru Pitka, mm-hmm. and his followers or people see each other, they say Mariska Hargitay, which is funny on its own because it sounds like something it sounds like some kind of like spiritualist uh salutation or whatever but then the fact that he has to point out that it's mariska hargitay's name by having mariska hargitay in the movie oh i didn't i didn't catch that you didn't you didn't catch that i didn't know who that was she's in uh she was in something that we watched she did. I mean, she looked familiar, but I didn't know her name. But I think she's in Law and Order mm-hmm. or something like that. Yes. But just the fact that they had to point that out just kind of made it not funny. Yeah. And I, I already didn't find it funny. Right. Because <laughs> you didn't know. But no. that's okay. <laughs> uh, but that's just in like there's there's definitely a time and a place for the type of humor that points out that something was supposed to be funny by explaining the joke, Mm -hmm. but just doing it for an hour and 20 minutes, not funny. No. No. Elephants having sex, not funny. No. I didn't like that scene at all. That made me uncomfortable. And then the fact... Elephant poop, not funny. That they had the audacity to cut to a fat couple kissing while it was happening. Right. Did not like that. No. I... I don't find like, like I'm looking through the cast currently and I don't think anyone really did a great job in this movie. Um, Romani, mm, oh gosh, I'm butchering this. Moklo, the guy who plays, yep. The The guy guy who plays plays Darren. I thought he was one of the most boring actors I've ever watched. Which is interesting because he's good in weeds. Yeah. He like, but his face does not change. And no. he, like, could they have gotten a more boring person to play Darren Roanoke? No, I don't think so. It's kind of weird that they have, like... It's almost like they found, like, some way to have big-name actors mm-hmm. with, like, some of the, like, most no-name actors who are decent in other things, but not in this. Right. Which actually... so. When we were wa- we were watching a, a movie trailer the other night, and this move, and it made me, it prompted a question that made me think of something for this that is very applicable to this movie. Is what I'm trying to say. Okay. But why do you think actors agree to do comedies like this? Because I think some of them think that it's going to be good. Do you think so? Yeah. 
like, do you think people saw like, oh, Mike Myers, Austin Powers and Wings World were successful. He was funny on SNL. Therefore, this is like a big time paycheck for me. Yes. That's so interesting. But then like, what about the movies like, um, like that trailer we saw for the um, Elizabeth Hurley? Uh, oh, crap. What's his name? The guy from Friends. Um Matthew Perry. Matthew Perry movie, Serving Sarah. Like what but like what about that? Like that I think barely looked like it would be better than The Love Guru. I think like comedy sells. And so when you're an actor and your career is kind of like either meh or you want to get into the movie business, I think you start with comedy because I think comedies make or more horror. movies or make more money. Or horror. You or horror, yeah. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. The so, yeah. But I feel like at, at this time Jessica Alba was like a really big person, and like I get the celebrity cameos, like that's fine. Like mm-hmm. you know, Kanye will show up in anything. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So they probably thought like this movie was going to make a lot of money. So they're like, let's get Jessica Alba, who's hot right now, Mike Myers. Put them together. What do you get? A disaster. But what about Ben Kingsley? Like, this is the guy who won an Academy Award for... Actually, I don't know if that's true or not. I'm pretty sure he won an Academy Award for... Um, you know what? Let's double check this real quick. I don't... Fact check. Fact check this. Um, he wasn't in the movie a lot. No, he was not. But, like, why did he agree to do it in general? Probably extra cash. Yeah, okay. So this is an Oscar-winning actor uh-huh. for playing Gandhi. And, like, like, did he do it to spoof himself because he played a type of guru character? I could absolutely see that being a thing. But then, like, why in this way? Like... Why in such a gross, insulting way with CGI crossed eyes? Yeah. That was, I did not like that. Mm -hmm. I was really hoping that he would get hit with something and it would uncross his (laughs) eyes at some point. I like how they couldn't even get Oprah for this movie. Yeah, I thought that was pretty. Well, they they did technically with stock footage. Well, yeah. But they had to use a voiceover actress to say his name. Yeah. Um. They also had to use a body double for Celine Dion. Yeah, I figured that. They couldn't get Celine Dion. Well, she uh, apparently agreed to be in it, but because of scheduling, they couldn't get her. Mm. And they were also going to use stock footage like they did with Oprah, but it didn't line up with the way the shot was, so they had to use a body double, mm. which was funny. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Like, I guess, like, for some of these, like, no-name actors, I get it. Mm-hmm. And for the cameos, I get it. Mm-hmm. But I just, I would love to hear, like, was Ben Kingsley, like, blackmailed into being in this <laughs> movie? Did his agent say, like, look, man, like, you gotta you gotta do a comedy. <laughs> like, it's easy money. Right. I think, I think that's what's going on is people are like, this is easy money. Sure, I guess. I don't know. That's the only solution I can come up with. Cause but it's not like... You would have to force me to be in this movie. But the other thing, too, is a lot of these roles are like smaller 
at least for this movie, like a lot of these roles are smaller roles. Mm-hmm. So you would imagine that the money wouldn't be that great. Right. For it. So they're like easy work, decent paycheck. Yeah, I would love to know. Like, if anybody can answer that question, hit us up. Hit us up on Instagram or Twitter so that we can uh, figure this out. Yeah. We need to know is Hollywood blackmailing actors to be in movies? Yeah. The other thing that, that is so interesting is like, I feel like for comedies, there are more bad comedies than good comedies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the same is, is I think the same can be said with horror, but I feel like the level of enjoyment or the net of enjoyment will call it Mm -hmm. for horror is a lot greater whereas comedies like it's hit or miss like you know i i'm sure that there are going to be fans of this movie but it's not like there are people who enjoy subpar comedies in the same way that people enjoy subpar horror movies Mm -hmm. which i just think is fascinating and knowing that there are bad comedies out there for lack of a better way to say it, why do these actors still agree to do it? Because they're like, like you know that like a movie, a comedy can be very bad very quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, is it fun to work on? Like, do, do they just want to like cash it in? I don't know. I don't know. Let us know what you think on Instagram or Twitter because yeah. I'm very curious to know the reasoning for this. Mm-hmm. Like with the with the serving Sarah, I could definitely see Elizabeth Hurley and Matthew Perry being like, "Oh yeah, this is gonna be a pretty good movie." Mm-hmm. And then, like, the final product comes out, and they're like, "I what was this? Like, what movie was I just in?" Right, right. Like I, I like actually, I mean, that one doesn't look so bad that they would have to like distance themselves from it. But I feel like everybody who's in this movie should be ashamed of themselves. Right, but I don't think they went into it thinking that. I really think they went into it thinking this is going to be a huge success. I could I could easily see that with this movie. Yeah. Based on Mike Myers track record. But he was already declining at this time. So like it's just kind of baffling to me. Like well, or maybe I'm looking at this through hindsight. Right. And maybe right. you know They were like this is probably they they were probably thinking this is it. This is going to get Mike Myers back on the map. I'm going to be a part of that. Put me in this movie. I mean, I wouldn't say that like this is going to put him back on the map, but, but he like, had, like increase his decline, if you will. Yeah. Cuz like, you know, like uh third Austin Powers like, eh, okay, it's not great. Mm-hmm. But then Shrek, everybody loves Shrek and right. for some reason more and more people love Shrek every day. <laughs> <laughs> Don't understand that. I mean, I guess, like, but I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, enjoyed Shrek when it came out. It was a good movie. Yeah. Like, I don't hate it. Right. I watched it in German class in high school because that was when we were learning about fairy tales, question mark. <laughs> um, I really don't think you and I are fit to talk about comedy sometime because it's such a, like, a weirdly subjective thing. Right. And it's easy to do poorly. Comedy's easy to do poorly? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, but I mean, the, I think you can be objective with this movie in that you can say 
the jokes didn't land. Well. I mean, I don't know who would watch this movie and, and think, oh, that was funny to any part of it. Yeah, I don't even see like a high school boy watching this because who watches what high school boy watches rom-coms right who would enjoy mike myers type of humor right this is like a this movie fits into like a weird overlap between regular comedy and kind of Mm rom-com where it's like all the beats are the same as a rom-com but it's not i wouldn't call this movie a rom-com no, I think it's more of a comedy than a rom-com. Yeah. But it has elements of a rom-com in it. Right. So there's a saying that it's easier to cry as an actor than it is to laugh and do it well. And I think that's an interesting concept. And I think about that a lot when I'm watching these movies. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty impressed with the dinner scene between Jessica Alba and uh, Mike Myers because she seemed to actually be laughing. And I was just kind of wondering if, like, did they just keep the camera rolling? and <laughs> They caught her in a real laugh. Yeah, like, let her... Because, I <laughs> mean, it's not like she's great. Not funny. But she's not bad. Yeah, that scene was, like, so uncomfortable. Yeah. And you and I have seen some pretty uncomfortable stuff. And I right. was like, I do not want to be sitting here. It was like the equivalent of watching a movie with your parents and the sex scene comes on. <laughs> That's how uncomfortable I felt. Was, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, but there's just literally nothing I can say about this movie to redeem it. It was, I was bored out of my mind. Super boring. But you know, it's one thing I did genuinely think was neat in the movie. What? And I kind of liked the sitar covers of music. Yeah, I didn't enjoy that. And really? I love musical beats and songs. But this just made me angry. I was oh. like, you're ruining great songs with your very racist accent. Yeah, the, the accent wasn't the best. <laughs> but I did. I just enjoyed the sitar and you know like nine to five and uh i don't know the name of that the space cowboy song right. i used to know the name of it but now i don't the one from that 70s show mm-hmm. um and doing the like young mike myers thing was very creepy i didn't why like i guess he just needed to be able to say that he's played every type of character he can or maybe he like thought it would be funny but it wasn't right because like i was telling you last night like he has a history of like he'll play multiple characters and stuff right like uh in the third awesome powers movie he plays four different characters which is a lot and unnecessary i think and in this, I guess he just needed to play his younger self. Yeah, like anything that you're going to like CGI ahead over somebody else. I, I don't know. I think maybe it was supposed to be funny, but I. It again, could have been funny, funny, but as the scene went on, it was just more scary. <laughs> yeah. And I did not care for it. I also didn't care about the characters. No, I didn't care 
at all. Like, I, I didn't care if they got back together. Roanoke and his wife, I didn't care. And, like, I have a very... Like, I understand the movie told me why he left his wife. Right. But I have a very loose understanding of why he actually left his wife. Right. Because they just kind of threw that in with exposition at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then, like, all she wanted was him to stand up to his mom and then they could get back together. But I I don't think that's really what she wanted. I I don't know. That's when she got back together with him. Right. After he... Like, when she was told he stood up to his mom. Yeah. So, I guess that's what she wanted. I don't know. I don't... Yeah. You know who I also found very annoying? Hmm. The coach. Oh, Vern Troyer. Oh, my gosh. Anytime he was on the scene, I was just like... Yeah. Great. Um, Fun fact about him. You know how I said that his tiny office was kind of funny? Yeah. Which, actually, I legitimately think that may have been funny. (laughs) <laughs> he kept a lot of the furniture from that to furnish his house. Aw, that's nice. Which I thought was kind of nice. That He's is. like, now I have me-sized furniture. Right. That's cool. Speaking of Vern Troyer, you want to talk you want to talk about offensive things with this movie? Let me read to you the the iTunes description for this movie. Does iTunes have a bad, like a racist description of this movie? Well, I just feel bad for Vern Troyer mm. in it. A hilarious comedy starring Mike Myers as Guru Pitka in his first original character since the blockbuster hit Austin Powers. Myers plays an American raised by Indian gurus and returns to the U.S. in order to break into the self-help business. His unorthodox methods are put to the test when he must settle the romantic troubles and subsequent professional skid of a star hockey player whose wife left him for a rival athlete, Jocks Grande. Mini-Me is back from Austin Powers and plays the hockey coach for more classic comedic moments that will have audiences laughing from opening to closing credits. I didn't know that was Mini-Me. Yeah, he played Mini-Me in Austin Powers, but I just think it's very sad that they couldn't use his actual name right. for that for some reason. Right. But also, I feel like that plot summary was wildly inaccurate for the entire well, movie. Right, I was going to say, um, she didn't leave him. I mean, she did, but after he left her. Right, he left her, and then she left him. That's the first thing. And he also seemed to be, uh, Mike Myers seemed to be a world known guru before he tried to help them get back together. Right. Because he was like the second best in the world. Right. Yeah, that... Who wrote that plot? They should go back and... They probably were like, I don't want to watch this movie. I'm just going to like... Highlights. They probably just (laughs) guessed what the movie was about (laughs) and like wrote it and it was mostly accurate. So here, let me ask you this question. What do you think was Michael Myers' motivation as a character in this? To get on Oprah. Right. That's what it seems, but it also seems like... Like, were we supposed to think that he had low self-esteem and that Oprah was, like, him making it? Were we supposed to think that him falling in love with Jessica Alba was learning self-love. I don't, 
there was a mixed message at the end of like well, what yeah, because he was doing. He kept talking about he needed to learn to love himself before he could love anyone else. But you don't see him not loving himself. Maybe a better thing was like he needs to learn how to be selfless before he can love because he gave up being on Oprah then to help Darren Roanoke get back together with his wife and keep things smooth with them. Yeah. So like, I feel like they should have said like, Oh, you need to learn how to be truly self selfless before you can ever be in a relationship because I don't ever see him not liking himself. Right. So I, he seems to be fairly confident in himself and his abilities through the whole movie. Right. So I guess maybe he had like an ego. Are we supposed to assume? I mean, that's the only thing I could think of. But it's not like he really showed off that he was like, I don't know. Like there, there was that one like self-help seminar that he had at the beginning. Right. Which was weird. Yes. And not funny. No. And it like did a very poor job of parodying those like self-help, workshops that people go to yes yes and it was just the same joke over and over yeah how soon in this movie did i ask you uh if this was like a parody of something like instantly because i was like this can't be a real comedy no it's a real comedy that's wild (laughs) and then but okay so it's not a parody of anything right but then it was weird that his fantasy about jessica alba was modeled off of like an old bollywood movie yeah right that was a weird inclusion Mm -hmm. that he dreams in bollywood and also like was he making fun of bollywood or like was that just part of his character was that meant to be funny (laughs) or was it just meant to be a moment of romance i think it was supposed to be a moment of romance i i mean i know that a lot of i'm uh, from what i understand a lot of bollywood is motivated by romance Mm -hmm. but it was just that was weird yes yes you know it's uh also kind of funny. What? I was flipping through YouTube the other day and I saw a video called How to End a Movie with a Dance Number. <laughs> okay. And I said, I should watch that because I'd be really curious. Like, like, what movies are they saying are bad, have bad dance numbers at the end? And this is one of them. And then we watched this and I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a bad way to end a movie. <laughs> Like, I just... Yeah. What's the motivation behind, like, oh, movie's over. What do we do now? Why don't we get all the characters together and we'll do a choreographed dance number? (laughs) It only works in musical movies. It works in musicals. For some reason, it works at the end of Shrek. Right. Now I'm wondering, do they... Is that how they end the Austin Powers movies? It's been so long since I've seen any of them. I don't remember. Not no 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 not the first one the end the last scene of the first Austin Powers movie is very funny (laughs) and it's like I feel like I'm gonna watch this movie and like not find it funny at all you probably won't (laughs) but it's something that I would say is a necessary viewing okay 
Was this necessary viewing? No, absolutely not. No one should watch this movie ever. Mm-mm. Top over to your dating corner. Oh, boy. In a movie about bad dating advice, with actually like a sprinkle of good dating advice, what were your thoughts? Um, I have a question for you. Okay. What is the difference between a love guru and a marriage therapist? I feel like this is the setup to a joke, <laughs> I but know. I know that you're, that? Actually, actually, <laughs> you're actually asking. Um, I don't know, and I thought this movie did a really weird job of like calling him a guru. Mm -hmm. And I wish that I understood more about that culture. Mm -hmm. I was going to say Hindu culture, but I don't want to use that as a blanket statement. Mm -hmm. Like just to understand like what is the role of like a, a guru, like what is necessarily a guru at its basic form. Right. But honestly, for the context of this movie, I think there is no difference other than a title and one has a background in Indian spiritualism. Okay. Okay. And the other is a background in psychology and how people work. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, I would agree that this movie does have some good dating advice. Like, I appreciate that they want to get the husband and wife back together. Always a big fan of that. Um, glad that they were able to be reunited. Didn't really like the Jessica Alba and Mike Myers love story. Yeah, that was loose. That was shaky at best. I just, yeah, I didn't really buy that. Um, and I also thought it was weird that he had to have like a chastity belt. And that they talked about that a lot. <laughs> yeah, the chastity belt was a weird addition since it didn't really contribute much right right um so the question i have for you is do you think that you could date someone who was a love guru or a marriage therapist or something no i don't think i could either because i feel like you'd be scrutinized all the time right right yeah so more power out there. I mean, I think there's some people who do it right, you know, but more power out there to people dating marriage therapists because not for me. Right. Mm-mm. Yeah. Would you ever date somebody who wore a chastity belt? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Are you sure? I mean, I is that like a real thing? Is that like yeah, back in the like eighteen hundreds? Yeah, so like I mean, I guess it wouldn't be like a thing today, right? So especially today, yeah, that'd be weird. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. That puts very uncomfortable images (laughs) in my head. Although you know what movie does the chastity belt thing really well? Um, Princess Bride. Robin Hood Men in Tights. Oh. <laughs> Is that not a thing? In Prince 
I don't think that is. I think you were thinking of Robin Hood <laughs> Men in I Tights, was, though, too. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, goodness. I've watched too many bad movies. Brain is turning to mush. Yeah. I'm I've surprised that we can have a coherent conversation about these sometimes. Yeah, me too. Um, are you, do you have any actual like advice for this one or just questions? I just had more questions with this one. Uh, just more questions. <laughs> yeah. No, no good advice. Here's a bit of advice. If you are dating a man. Yes. And he is. I don't want to use the term well endowed because Mm -hmm. where I'm going with this is if you're like Justin Timberlake in the movie, you should perhaps see a doctor. (laughs) That sounds like it could be some kind of life threatening (laughs) mutation that should be checked out by a licensed professional Mm -hmm. and not abused to steal wives. (laughs) I do think that like you can glean some advice from this movie with when you are married, you do need to be able to like stand up to your parents and have like boundaries with them. And I do think that's healthy and can put extra stress on a marriage if you don't have that set up before you are married. Yeah, I kind of appreciated that. But within the context of the movie and like how it worked out, it didn't Mm -hmm. make sense from a story perspective. Nope. Sure did not. (laughs) Like, they really didn't do a good job of connecting the dots from him leaving his wife to he needs to stand up to his mom. Right. And his wife's motivations for leaving him, Mm -hmm. even though he left her first. So, of course, he's going to leave him. Right. She had no choice. Right. Right. It was just kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to get back at somebody, though. Date their mortal enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of the Toronto Maple Leafs, thought this was an interesting fact. As of 2020, the Maple Leafs had the longest Stanley Cup drought Mm. with their last win occurring in 1967. Oh, okay. So let's see who won the 2021 Stanley Cup. Tampa Bay Lightning. Did not even know that was a hockey team. There are a lot of surprising hockey teams. Because uh, you would not imagine sunny areas such as Tampa Bay or Los Angeles having hockey teams. No. Mm-mm. Like Cleveland, it makes sense. Right. Because our weather sucks year round. This seems like breeding ground for hockey players. <laughs> Although I wonder if hockey... Do they, like, recruit people from other cities? Are we just, like, is hockey's greatest import to the United States Canadians? <laughs> um, I feel like they would import a lot of Canadians to be hockey players. I'm sure they would. That'd be interesting. <laughs> be really, really interesting. We know all the things about the sports. We know so many sports things and so many things about what it takes to make a comedy. Yeah. We are number one expert. What does it take to make a comedy, Nigel? Good jokes. Yeah. Good timing. Good time. I 
I think that's one of the biggest ones. Good timing. Yeah. I think you can make almost anything work if it's played right. Right. And you know what? I know that we said that this is a bad movie, and I want to stand by that. But, I mean, the reality is Mike Myers' humor works for somebody. Right. There's enough people that they made money. Now, this movie did not earn its budget back at the box office. Surprise. Um, But you know what? There are probably people out there who like it. And if you do, that's great. This was not for us. I think you and I are definitely pickier when it comes to comedies versus, like, horror movies. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. I think people listen to us more for the horror movies than they do the comedies, which is cool, too. So... I would love to know the psychology behind comedy. Like, why do people find certain things funny? Um, like, what? So, like, there's a part of your brain that reacts to comedy. And I want to know, like, why is it different from person to person? Is it experiences? Like, does because you have different life experiences, you might find different things funny than I do. Is it IQ level? Like, I think I I would, I think both of them have a lot to do with it. Like, it's it's weird. Like, it's I have a hard time articulating like what type of comedy I enjoy the most mm-hmm. because I feel like there's a wide variety of it. Where you know, as a guy, uh, you know, there is some childish humor that tickles me a little bit, mm-hmm. but then you know you have other stuff that just I think is hilarious. Like, uh, you know, I feel like office space is funny, but I feel like that's more because it's so relatable than it is. Right. Than it is. Um, I do think there's a level of comedy too, that like it, it has to be relatable in some way. Yeah. I mean, it has to be something that you agree with or have already thought of or explains things in a way that you, didn't already think about them Mm -hmm. and just kind of points out the absurdity of life. I think. Yeah. I think I find that very funny. Yeah. I mean, I think about movies like clue. I think that's hilarious. Mm -hmm. Clue's very funny, but clue falls into that like weird slapstick category, which I think you enjoy where it's very, uh, there's a lot of energy to it. Mm -hmm. It's very quick. It's Mm -hmm. very witty. I love a good, like, witty humor. Yeah. Some of my favorite. Which, I, you know, I feel like uh, you got to be a little smart for that to keep up with it. Mm-hmm. So, I don't, I don't know. I think there's a lot of different factors that go into it. But I would say that it's probably life experiences that kind of contribute the most to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I, man, now I just, I really... This podcast just makes me want to do psychological studies because how fascinating would it be to see what type of cartoons children watched and how that played out into their later adult years and what they thought was funny and not funny as well as like taking IQ into consideration. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like there has to be a link like, oh, they watched this type of comedy as a kid. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they like this type of comedy best as an adult. Right. It's very interesting to me. It is. Uh, maybe we'll uh, have to explore that more as we talk about more comedies. I'd Be love to. Interesting. Now we just got to remember to 
put this conversation on hold and not talk about it in our Valentine's Day podcast because they'll be backwards. Right. It's so like the conversation would continue, but people are going to hear part two first. Right, and, right. You know, can't do that. <laughs> um, this movie is not going to go in my top ten. No. In fact, I never want to think about this movie ever again. No. I'm. Did you have to rent this movie? No. Thank God. I didn't want any money going to this movie. Right. I, I feel like... I feel like if we had paid for this movie, like I'd get a call like, hey, we just saw that you rented the love <laughs> girl. Like, is everything OK? <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I would not recommend you watch this. No. If you like Mike Myers, I guess watch it. But he has better stuff. Right. Don't waste your time. Do not waste your time. Do you have anything else that you want to add before we wrap up? No, I mean... We watched this movie, so you didn't have to. You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for listening. As always, we encourage you to hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts because we don't want you to miss an episode. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Journey Into Film. And if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash a journey into film or head over to TeePublic and check out some of that sweet merch that we got. And links to those are available in the show notes. And as always, never let anyone tell you that a film you enjoy is bad because they're probably wrong. Unless it's the love guru. No, if you like it, you're it. You know, mm. it's bad, but yeah. Mm. Uh, oh, <laughs> uh. <laughs>